You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Keeping Up with the Krakens. My name is Tyler Bell. I will be the host of this podcast. Um, today, I am joined by JJD TV, also known as Josh Deming, a very good friend of mine. And uh, what we're going to be doing with this podcast is just talking about uh, everything to do with the Seattle Kraken this year. Um, first things first, though, I'm going to talk about myself here for a second, just to give you uh, just a little bit of background and some familiarity. Uh, so I am a Canadian living in Alberta, Canada. Uh, I've been a huge hockey fan my whole life, ever since I can remember. Um, Josh and I have known each other since a very young age, grew up in a small town together, and uh, we were both Sens fans growing up. In the heart of enemy territory. Yes, that is the Toronto Maple Leafs we're talking about there. Um, so Josh and I have been cheering for the Sens for quite a bit. And now he's given me this opportunity to host this great podcast. And maybe I'll just throw it over to Josh and let him uh, introduce himself as well. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, yeah, we were we were big Sens fans growing up in in the Leafs territory, and uh, and I was proud. I was very proud of of being a Sens fan just because it was it was a little bit different. But but yeah, we're uh, we're a part of the Hockey Podcast Network, which is just fantastic, and it is gonna be pretty exciting to uh, to have the opportunity to do this. I uh, got hired on from the Hockey Podcast Network on the the YouTube side, and will be appearing in a few of our our host uh, podcasts. And I'm lucky enough to be able to to come on this one. I'm excited to talk about the Kraken today. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Um, so a lot of things have happened already, Josh. Um, we have the expansion draft that took place, uh, some free agent signings that were very key for this team and have already shown to be that uh, so far this preseason. And then, yeah, we're already three preseason games in. And my gosh, uh what a showing it's been already between some of those crowds and some of these players who have stepped up. Uh, it's been just exciting to see uh, the reaction from the fan base already. Um, so what are some things you kind of want to get into to start off with? I mean, I thought the the opening night, the, the preseason was just incredible. Seeing a fan base just so starved for hockey was incredible. And then seeing seeing just come to fruition and going on the internet and seeing Twitter erupt. It was super cool to be a part of 
on top of the fact that we got, you know, the win was just even better. But it was just a really cool experience. And I think that these fans are going to have a really good opportunity this year to just dive in, dive into uh, this Kraken team. And, and I think they're up for uh, surprising some people this uh, this year. I really think so too, Josh. And um, from that first preseason game, uh, the fact that they played that in a WHL arena and sold it out and that atmosphere from those fans was just incredible to see. Um, you know, it might've may have, may have been a rough start to the game, a couple bad bounces early on. Um, you know, it's hard to blame Grubauer right off the bat for a couple of those. Right. Um, but that first goal scored, um, just that Clark, that crowd was just electric. It was just unbelievable when that first goal was scored there in front by Shahan. And what a beautiful pass, too, by Bastion to find him out front there. Um, from that moment, he just knew uh, just the passion from these fans was real. And I'm sure they've been waiting a long time in Seattle uh, to get the opportunity to cheer on their own NHL team. Yeah, it was a super cool story. And, and, and honestly, the chemistry, I thought, was something that was surprising to me. They looked like they dominated right away and were very unlucky to go down by two. But... I, I don't know. It was just there was like a buzz in the air. I felt I felt it from home in Canada. I, I I really did. And then all of a sudden they put one in the back of the net. Monumental moment really was. And then the comeback came on. And in my opinion, the game was a little bit more comfortable even than the five three scoreline suggested. Oh yeah, it was uh, a dominant game, no less. Um, and you kind of expected it with the lineups that we've seen. Um, obviously, Vancouver wasn't icing uh, their A team by any means. But that still didn't stop uh, Seattle from absolutely pounding pucks on net. I mean, at one point in the game, shots were 28 to 7. Um, and the score might have suggested it was close, but it was anything from that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. And it, it, was a, it was a cool moment, too, just to kind of give them that opportunity. I don't know if these are planned or, or why some squads are going in like fully stacked and then the other one are not because it, it makes the game a little bit unbalanced and we've seen a perfect example of that in the opening too but I think it was pretty nice I guess having that first ever game going against I guess a Vancouver team that wasn't full strength because it, it gave you an opportunity to see what this Kraken team could be made of right from the get-go exactly it showed uh just a lot of things in that game and you know what a better way to do that than against the Vancouver Canucks who are by no means going to be you know their most heated rival going forward right so to get a win a big win like that in your very first game against Vancouver I mean the fans got to love that right yeah, and, and Dylan Isha on the network won't be too happy with it. They've 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 kept uh they've kept a little <laughs> bit at bay. Big big Vancouver boys they are, but yeah, in in all reality, you can't take too much away in in terms of taking on like an NHL caliber opponent in in that stretch in that match. Just because in in my opinion, it it was written on the stars that this should be a good opportunity for Seattle to win, and they did. Exactly, they brought home that victory, and I gotta be surprised with you. Um, that fourth line out there. Um, that consisted of Bastion, Shahan, and Tanev. I've never seen a more dominant fourth line in a hockey game ever. They were just every shift in the offensive zone, uh, making things happen, forechecking hard. Um, and I know, like we talked about, maybe not the the strongest Vancouver team, but that fourth line, uh, they blew me away with what they brought to that game. And if they can continue to do that going forward, um, that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous line. And one that brings a lot of energy 
um, every night to the Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a cool thing about an expansion team. And it's something that I found so fun to watch when Vegas did it was the fact that it gave opportunities for players to step up. And I mean, these players were playing on the fourth line, but performances like that gives them an opportunity to to go up, I think, a little bit quicker in this lineup than they could elsewhere because they're making an impact on the ice. And you don't know exactly who's going to finish which way. I mean, I always use that misfit line in in Vegas as a perfect example. They were basically Mm -hmm. third line NHLers that basically have now turned into top tier first line caliber players. And I'm not saying that the fourth line of Seattle is going to do that, but they have the opportunity to to push up even into the top, top nine. And some of those players could even play in the top six. Oh yeah. It's a huge opportunity for a lot of these players. It's a fresh start. Um, And then you take a look at some of those players. uh, For instance, we've seen it early on with Morgan Geeky. Um, Now that he's been given an opportunity to play some larger minutes like that, um, he's really taken advantage of it. You know, uh, when I go back and, you know, I took a look at some of his stats with Carolina, um, you know, he didn't get a game where he, he he played one game where he had over 13 minutes, one game where he had over 12 minutes and all other 28 games because he played a total of 30 games with Carolina. uh, He played either 11 or under. Um, And that's not a lot of ice time that he's getting out there. So, you know, a young guy like him who can really elevate his game now that he's given the opportunity um, is something to look out for. And he's already shown some signs of that early on in preseason. Yeah, absolutely. Geek, Geek the Freak. Or the Geek Squad. The freak, or, 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 or the Geek Squad. The Geek yeah. Squad and Morgan the Magician. Morgan, yeah, Morgan the Magician. We've heard a couple nicknames being thrown out there. Whatever Gotta nickname, love it. Whatever nickname sticks, is, it, it's it's going to be a good one. Because, yeah, man, and he's he's, an, he's another perfect example of someone who's got the opportunity to step up. Uh, there, there's a, it, it's In my opinion, some of the development of young, young players will depend on where they land. And having a reshuffle and having the opportunity to join a brand new squad like Seattle and getting the opportunity to play with maybe some better players, getting some bigger minutes, you can see what the kid can do. And in, in the first three games, he's been he's been super impressive in my eyes and, and in my opinion, probably at this moment, a lock to, to be there on, on opening night. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're only three games in on preseason, but uh, what he's shown and the type of ice time that he's been giving uh, or been given so far um He's been playing with a lot of good players, too. Uh, I think it's no question he's going to find himself uh, in the lineup opening night and probably looking at somewhere around that uh, that third-line center position is, is what I'm kind of thinking. That's I, I absolutely agree. I, I think that he's going to have the opportunity. that Because the biggest issue with the Seattle squad, and I'm, I'm not sure, again, if it's an issue to this point, but it was through the middle. A lot, there was a lot of question marks about who was going to step up. Who, who Like Wenberg, in my, for the first bit here was the one who's rumored to be that first line center but i mean the way the geeky's going i think he'd even push for that top that top six spot if uh if mccann keeps going the way he does for that top line spot but through the middle of the ice in, in my eyes it's it's wide open right now yeah i think so too it's definitely going to be a battle throughout uh, the rest of preseason here it's too bad we haven't seen wenberg yet i know he just had a baby though so you know shout out to him and congratulations um to wenberg and the family there um awesome. But yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, once he kind of gets a look too, that'll be interesting to see where he slots. I know in camp, they did have the all Swedish line uh, kind of put together between uh, Johansson and Yarncrock that he was centering. So I'll be interested to see if they give that another go once Wenberg is ready to come back and get some time. 
uh, into some preseason games going forward. Yeah, it seems like a like a no brainer to get that uh that Swedish line together. I mean, well, I mean, why, why not? Uh, it, it makes sense, and um, I think that they would all. I mean, Yarkirk would definitely, in my opinion, probably play on the right. Uh, Wenberg, I guess, through the middle. Um, and I think they could do some damage there. That that, to my eyes, almost honestly looks like a third line type of uh type of line that would then, in my also in my eyes, push Kiki a little bit further up the ice and and take on that top six center role. Yeah, I see that too. Um, that Swedish line, Swedish house house mafia here, <laughs> they could maybe uh, push and become maybe more of a shutdown line potentially. You know, we know Yarncroc and Wenberg have really good two way games. Um, the big question mark there is Marcus Johansson. Um, not to say he's been bad, but uh, I think I've expected a little bit more out of him so far in preseason. Um, so it'll be interesting if if he can maybe hold that spot or somebody else uh, ends up moving up maybe on that left side there uh, and takes advantage uh, of an opportunity they're given in preseason. Yeah, I've seen some deb- debate on that online. Uh, it, it, just the amount of experience he's had, you almost expect him to be able to get into that into that starting starting spot on, on opening night. But yeah, I mean a lot of, yeah, a lot of hungry players, and I don't know I don't know if you're looking around the league and want to find players that have have not I guess more drive or more hunger, but this is the opportunity, and every single one of these guys know that because this is a brand new organization. And I guess maybe if you rely a little bit on the fact that you have that experience over some other players, it can maybe bite you in the butt. But but yeah, I mean and it, it was hard to take some anything really from uh from from that second game in, in Edmonton from uh, from him, but but regardless, mm-hmm. um, he he will have an opportunity, and we'll just have to see if he takes it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so moving on, maybe talking about some of the defensemen on this team, uh, who's kind of stood out to you? Who's been a bit of a surprise so far? Has anyone kind of uh, stood out in a way that uh, kind of surprised you at all, Josh? The the big one for me is going to be Vince Dunn. Uh, I'm really excited. I think he's a great, great pickup. Uh, I think he's, had, he's been pretty decent so far in, in preseason. I had high expectations for him as well. The the big thing for me, that, and I don't know exactly I mean, how, how it works, I just know that it's something that, that people look for, is the fact that we have so many left-handed defensemen on this team. It, it's, I mean, Larson, in, in my eyes, in a lot of the, the depth charts, Larson's the only one who shoots right. And I think that'll be a very interesting one, and we'll see if, if Dunn, for example, can maybe get tossed on the right, or, or who's going to be the one stepping up, one of, which one of those lefties is going to do it, because it, it, you don't see it that often, and, and there's pro- probably a reason for that. Yeah, no, it, it is very interesting to see how that'll all play out. I imagine, you know, a guy like Dunn could maybe move over to that right side and and take a lot of those top four minutes. Um, here's a crazy stat from that uh, 6 nothing loss. Vince Dunn played the most minutes out of any player from Seattle, um, and he had an even plus-minus, was not on the ice uh, for any of the goals against, um, unless they were maybe on the PK. Um but yeah, to walk away from that game playing the most minutes and you're an even plus minus kind of speaks to, you know, his level of defense and, you know, where he's at. Because I have I have huge expectations for him this year. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we've got to see a lot of Giordano uh, playing the power play on, you know, maybe the games where they had a better lineup in. But I do expect Dunn to push for that uh, first line power play time, uh, you know, with Giordano and possibly lead the defenseman and team this year. 
Yeah, I, I mean, maybe Dunn saw McDavid get on the ice, and he he knew better to get off there to make sure that those uh those plus minus were staying <laughs> the same. But but no, no, man, I I totally agree with you. He uh he he in my eyes, he's a creative player to have at the back end, and I think that if he if he can bring that game and he can just kind of fit right into the Seattle squad, the power play for me has got to be an opportunity for him to uh to put up some minutes and put up uh some some points as well. So I think he's gonna be a, a really good important one, and, and in my eyes, probably a little bit more on the offensive end as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's a big reason why uh, they took him in the expansion draft um, is to have that very offensive defenseman um, come in and, you know, take over that power play one position. Uh, so so we'll see how it all plays out. Of course, you know, we have a lot more hockey left to watch. Uh, this is going to be a huge, huge year. And I'm just, just so pumped to see uh, what Seattle will do this year. Um what did you think of uh, seeing the brothers on the back end the other night, though, in uh, the third game here against Calgary? I thought it was awesome, man. I I, I loved it. I mean, uh, Hayden Fleury is someone who's got so much potential. And, and a few years ago, I think people forget about how highly he was rated. And it just mm-hmm. haven't, hasn't quite went that way. And it goes back to the point I was using a little bit earlier, was that a, a lot of the development for young players will determine right away. It depends where you land and what the minutes look like. And his NHL career so far hasn't went according to plan, but that's the part of a fresh start. And I think it's the reason that the brothers were brought in, a bit of a breath of fresh air. And, and I'd love to see them both try to break in. And I think obviously Hayden's the one right now who's who's on that bubble, a little, little, bit, of, a little bit further ahead than his brother. But I really hope that mm-hmm. he yep. does break break into that uh, that bottom bottom two role. Yeah, and I think he will. Um, you know, he's been given the opportunity and so far he's looked really good. Um, you know, he had a couple misplays, uh, the last couple games, but you know, that'll happen. It's preseason. Uh, you're going to work out those kinks, but yeah, it was just awesome. I don't think there's ever been a time where, uh, two brothers played defensive pair together on the, <laughs> on a line in the NHL. So that could have been history in the making there. Um, Kale looked pretty good. He looked comfortable and he's another right-handed guy who, you know, maybe not so much this year, he'll have an impact. But down the line, I could really see him uh, developing and, and having more of a prominent role on that defense. And and I honestly, when I was looking at who shot right, who shot left, which is, you know, why looking at that? Why is it that important? Because it, it, it is. It does. If you played the game on, on the back end, you know how, how important and how much easier it makes it playing on, on, on your strong hand. And when I was looking at who could be another right-handed one in the lineup, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Connor Carrick and I'm looking at... Uh, at that flurry and I'm like you know what like it's it's his I know Hayden is a little bit further ahead of him in the pecking order but if and coaches do do this they rely a little bit more on someone who is right-handed it's, it's why that they're so sought after he may get more of a look just because he's he shoots right-handed and it, I know it's crazy to see but it is mm-hmm. the, it is it is the truth and and I do agree that Hayden's a little bit further along but don't be surprised if little brother sneaks up there just because of the fact that he's, he shoots right yeah, and you know he definitely has intangibles to his game uh, that are going to benefit him uh, playing in the NHL one day. You know, I agree. Maybe he's not completely there yet uh, in his development stage, but he showed some promise so far. Another guy who's surprised me, who uh, I, I got to admit I don't know too too much about, uh, but Will Borgen. Um, he looked very steady in that game against Calgary the other night, uh, making a lot of nice plays. Had a couple nifty kind of deeks that came in too from the points um and yeah just so well positioned and i noticed he was even getting shifts with uh giordano out there 
Um, so he's a guy who who could uh, surprise and turn a lot of faces this year as well. Yeah, high ho- hockey IQ was something that I took away from from watching him because I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. from him and seeing seeing everyone online kind of kind of praising him and, and talking about his positioning. And in my eyes, it comes down to just just knowing the game and it, it helps you kind of get into a lineup a little bit more if you just have that. And not every player has it or has it immediately in a brand new brand new team but it seemed like yeah comfortability out there having the confidence to throw in a deep from the point I think it just speaks to the kind Mm -hmm. of player that he's looking to be so I think that's another big takeaway and the the defensive side of the game it looks uh like the depth charts are pretty decent for this crack inside there's a lot of bodies you can call on yeah yeah a lot more than uh I kind of expected at the start to be honest but uh yeah Borgen he skates pretty well for a guy who's uh 6'3 205 <laughs> um but we cannot pass up on talking about Mark Giordano and just how awesome that was to see him score the first goal in that game and to hear the crowd response from Calgary too um you know there's a lot of cheers not only when he scored there but when they announced his name uh <laughs> for the goal scored there's a good amount of cheers and you got to respect the Calgary fans for that because, you know, he's an absolute warrior out there, brings it every night, a uh, huge leader for them for a lot of years. Um, and just, yeah, it was just awesome to see that crowd reaction. And you could tell he was just pumped up about scoring that first goal being back there. Yeah, it, it felt like it was written on the stars. Come on. Like if you said, if there's one player you would pick to score, who would you guys want to see score tonight? It would be Giordano. And and that's exactly oh, yeah. what happened, and and it did show. You gotta give you gotta give the organization some some credit because everyone in the building was was happy for him, and you don't always see that. You've seen, I mean, look at Tavares when he returned to uh, to the Islanders. It's not <laughs> it's not always that. Now I get it's a different stage in his career. He's thirty seven years old, but I mean, he was such a leader for there, and he was so so well received. It was it was beautiful to see, and yeah, he was fired right up, and shows that he's got a little love for Calgary, but also a little bit more coming this way for the Kraken. Yeah, uh, of of course. And it's it's really nice to see that, uh, you know, how big of a role he's already played on the Seattle team. Uh, and he's already showed just, just how good of a leader he is. You know, I think a lot of people were questioning his game the last couple of years because it's been on a big bit of a decline. But again, now he gets selected in the expansion draft to Seattle, uh, comes over here, and it almost is like he's got a fire lit under his ass so he he uh, looks a little bit rejuvenated out there and you know ready to take you know another big step in his career um the big question mark with me though is you know what happens this year with him um you know if seattle does struggle um which you know obviously we're hoping not to see you know he has you know this one year left on his contract um could he potentially be moved I think at at his age and what he's done over his career, I think it in my eyes it would be up to him. And I have I have no obviously mm-hmm. like knowledge on it, but I feel like they would go up to him and be like, "Hey, there's a cup contender that's looking for you. They want to add that defensive ability to to the back end. Are you interested or are you not? Because who knows? Maybe if he's settling into to Seattle come come the deadline, he doesn't want to uproot his family. Or maybe like again, if he's comfortable there, he's like, "All right, well." I'll just go. You see hockey players do it all the time. Some, I think this one at his age will have a little bit more sentimental value to the move or not to see if it happens. And I think it'll be completely up to Giordano in my eyes. But again, I haven't talked to the man, so I don't, I don't fully know, but that's what I would guess. Yeah, no, I think you make a lot of great points there. Um, 
you know, because it's one of those things where, you know, if Sato does do good, um, you know, they throw a, a contract extension over his way and he's, you know, happy to be there for a couple more years and, you know, continue to grow this team and be a leader on it. Um, that's something I could definitely see happening. Um, but yeah, with that one year left and, you know, he's got a pretty hefty contract right now, making the most of anyone on the team. Um, you know, obviously they expect big things from him and, you know, he's going to give it every night. Um, but I, I do see this team competing and being, uh, you know, in the fight for a playoff spot, if not in a playoff spot, um, you know, by the trade deadline or, or around that time. So, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on and watch as the year goes through. Um, but again, it'll be an interesting, uh, thing to play out this year. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, and I, I'm excited for him because like when, when you watch Vegas come in and you saw players who bought in to being leaders on that team, there, there was a few that came to mind. And when, when you look at this Seattle team, I mean, Mark Giordano and, and Tanev right now for me are, are two guys that are just eating up. Even even Grubauer is, is getting in there. Like they're they're becoming mm-hmm. kind of the, like the faces, the, the ones that you see, the ones that are buying in and, and it's pretty cool to see. So I think I think it'll, some emotions will definitely come into play to see where Giordano's p- future lays. Yeah, no, no doubt for sure. So let's, uh, we can't uh, go past without giving a little bit of love to some other players here. Um, so what about Eberle and Schwartz so far and their chemistry that they've shown in uh, just the two games that they've played? Uh, gotta, gotta admit, uh, just fantastic to see a couple more veterans step in and deliver like they were expected to. And you could tell Schwartz is a guy who just looks hungry to get back to, you know, his A game because it did slip off a bit. Obviously, he, he dealt with a lot last year personally, but, you know, someone who's, who's looking to turn the, turn the tides here and, you know, get back to his A game and what an opportunity he gets to do it here in Seattle. So obviously he wants to be here and be part of the success of this team. Yeah, man, the the short the short signing was one that fired me up. I, I I really really like this player. I watched him a lot during that St. Louis Cup run, and and go, seeing what he had to go with on the personal side, which I mean, a lot of you guys probably are are familiar with. But but it's sad, and it's not. You, you forget that we're all humans, and it's it's emotions will take a toll. And he he just looked a little little. I guess deflated and now it's an opportunity mm-hmm. where he's he's kind of moved on and now he looks amped and he looks ready and this is a brand new start for him to get back to his best and seeing him with that performance in Calgary showed why he was the player that I was fired, the most fired up to watch and then obviously seeing a, a player like Jordan Everly who's Mr. Consistency in my eyes he, you always kind of know what you're gonna get and seeing mm-hmm. his creativity his hands go alongside that that line I I'm absolutely loving it and, and I think the wings are another one where we got a good good amount of depth on this uh on this uh Seattle team yeah I definitely agree with that and like we talked about earlier uh there's a lot of opportunity for some of these wingers to you know move up into some more prominent positions in the lineup um you know Jonas Donskoy still a very very good player who can deliver in the top six um so a guy like that even um stepping up and you know he's a bit more of a veteran too and it's important to have those veteran guys in the lineup um so it'll be a battle between him and appleton i think for a lot of the the second to third line right right wing minutes um but to be honest i think i'm gonna give a bit of that advantage to donskoy so far just you know, based on some of the chemistry he's shown with guys like Morgan Geeky and Donato, um, and so far what we've seen. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan Donato was another one for me who I thought was going to be a really good little pickup. Uh, and, and I'm surprised that, that the deal came in at, at what it did because I thought he was he was producing the last few years. And 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 I, I thought arguably like pretty much league minimum contract for a player like him, I think that's going to be a really good piece of business and adding some some secondary scoring to the Seattle team. And and he was another one who really popped off when I saw that signing. Like this is another opportunity for another kid to make to make a real impact. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, uh, you know, he was a big part of that trade that uh, sent Charlie Coyle to to Boston. Uh, you know, and he went off to Minnesota, and you know, really struggled to find his game there and and gel and fit in with that lineup. And then he gets another opportunity in San Jose, but again, um, they had a pretty down year. Um, you know. It was a rough time there. Again, he probably struggled to find his game a bit. And he gets another fresh start. But you make a great point, too. For only signing a league minimum and already showing what he has, he does have a lot of offense in his game. And that's always been, you know, a big trait of his game. Uh, You know, he's got a sneaky good shot as well. Um, So he's another guy who, you know, who knows where he'll land in the lineup. But top nine, you know, middle six for me, just kind of makes sense for him i think yeah i i agree and then and i feel like it'd be wrong if we didn't mention mccann let's 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 be honest i mean the the like i said the, i we talked about a little bit earlier in the episode but the biggest question mark is going to be that first line center and mm-hmm. i i guess to you man like do you think he's st- he stood up because to me i think that he's making he's cementing his place in in that first line role with uh everly and schwartz and and i think he's again similar to i said geeky's a lock to be in in honestly probably the top nine i'm I'm pretty sure that he's going to be a lock to be in that first line center. Oh yeah. He has definitely shot up uh, my expectations for him. I kind of had him slotted as uh, that potential first line uh, while Yanni Gord is on the sideline. But I mean, if he comes back uh, and McCann is still killing it on that line, uh, I think you're going to have a lot of troubles trying to take him off of that, that top line. Uh, McCann is a guy who is a dark horse to, you know, put up some really good numbers on this team. You know, he has that potential in his game. Um, and we've seen it with his time with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he got a really good opportunity playing on that second line there and took advantage of it, especially when they had some injuries, uh, you know, on the wings or in the middle, uh, dealing with some of those in Pittsburgh. So McCann's been just, just unreal so far to start, to, to say the least, really. Um, so it'll be... Really cool to watch him grow with that top line because, you know, he has potential to be a a big scorer on this team. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prices up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN 
to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Keeping Up with the Krakens podcast. Um, we're going to touch with uh, touch base on some goalie topics here, okay, Josh? Down so I'm it. just thinking... You know, we've seen we've seen three goalies in action so far. Obviously, those goalies are Grubauer, Dreger, and Decord. Um, so far, I gotta be honest. I think that Decord has shown some great promise so far, um, and we haven't really seen the best performances from the other goalies. I mean, Grubauer has been good, um, but he hasn't been the same Grubauer. Um, Dreger's let in. Quite a few soft goals so far. Mind you, you know, he faced a lot of stiff action against Edmonton and facing, you know, their two top lines and getting a lot of shots on. But uh, both games now that Decord have played in the third period there, uh, and then as well as overtime in the shootout, um, he's looked fantastic. And he's looked like uh, just a promising goalie in net. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's no sun's bias coming in at all right now, I bet. Um, but Not uh, at all. <laughs> but no, no, I, I mean, I do agree with you. I mean, it, in in terms of how I would rank them so far on the very few amount of minutes we've really seen, I mean, Decord wouldn't be last, let's say that. Like, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, I think right now, I mean, I think he's had a tough, tough go at it. But uh, again, it's, it's early, and the game that they got lit up in was the Edmonton game, which we know wasn't a lot in front of them, but... Uh, I think that they're going to take a little bit more maybe than some of the we thought uh, to catch their groove. I think a lot of people thought that the that the goalie situation wouldn't be the issue. Not that I'm saying it's an issue right now, but when you looked at the better performances, I think you looked a little bit further up uh, up the lineup at the defensive core as well as uh, some of the players. But um, I'm not overly worried just because I know what all three are capable of. And it's also very nice. I mean, let's hope not, but if ever an injury happens, knowing that you have someone like Decord who's proved it with Ottawa, He's, he's proved it hopefully now with, with Seattle a little bit in the few amount of minutes that we've seen that he can be a guy to come in and eat up some of those minutes if needed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we got a chance to kind of follow Decord a little closer being, you know, big Sens fans we are. Um, so, you know, I've been watching him personally um, for the last four seasons, you know, watching some of his growth and development uh, with Arizona State. And that last year he was with them. Uh, I mean, he was such a dominant dominant goalie in that league uh in the ncaa and you know he didn't have the greatest lineup in front of him but some of the numbers he was putting up were just uh, just insane um and you know he steps in is expected the next year he steps into the echl is expected to pretty much play that full year with brampton uh with the brampton beast and you know an injury happens he gets his call up to the ahl and plays for belleville and kind of runs with that role um, and ever since then, he's been really steady in that net. And, you know, obviously last year, Ottawa had their troubles in goaltending. A lot of injuries happened. I think, you know, they had five different goalies start a game for the Senators last year. And, you know, he he had a lot of hard nights, but he stood in there and he battled and he competed. And he did really well. He did really well for that team. And, you know, it's 
not too much of a shocker why Seattle took the chance and picked him in the in the expansion draft when you know they had multiple people available to them. You know, Chris Tierney, Evgeny Dadanov, just to name a few, and they're choosing this guy over them. And they did it for a reason. So um, he's a guy who, you know, I'd be comfortable with uh, stepping into the lineup and, you know, playing some games. Um, but I think, you know, it's important to to realize that they do have a really good tandem between Grubauer and Trigger. And those guys are expected to to stay steady in those positions. But it is reassuring to know that you have such a great goaltender in Decord who can step up and, and play those games as well. Yeah, it absolutely speaks volume to to the players that were available for Seattle to gri- to grab, and they did go for for Decord, who I don't even know how where to rank him in that that Senators depth chart. If he was three, if he was four, where he was, I know he he did some really good work for them, and he impressed me last year at, at Ottawa. But yeah, it's absolutely great to see. But but like you said, I'm I think we should be a little bit tamed about seeing him because more than likely it's going to be a tandem, and and we'll see him, I guess, when we see him. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And you can't go without mentioning just what a humble guy he is. If you ever get a chance, go out there, watch some of his interviews, especially the one after his first win against Toronto. Uh, you'll be blown away by just how humble and gracious and, you know, down to earth Decord really is. And, you know, I think even after the other night, you know, he had that fan interaction with that young kid. And, you know, uh, the kid's dad was tweeting about it. And he replied to that dad and was like, you know what, I'll you know, send you a jersey because uh, we're buddies now between him and him and his son there. So that was, you know, really cool to see that fan interaction right away on Twitter as well. You know, just a just a great guy all the yeah. way around. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. he, he's a beauty. He, he deserves to be a part of this organization. And, and I'm I'm rooting for him. I hope he does find a way. But I also hope the other the other two ahead of him can have good seasons as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're going to jump into our first segment here, Josh. Um, So this segment is called, uh, I'm going to toss you into the deep end, okay? So what that means, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun here. So what that means is I'm just going to ask you a few uh, questions. Some of them may be tough. Some of them, uh, we'll see kind of your thoughts on them. Um, So we're going to get started here. So I'm going to toss you into the deep end. All right. <laughs> First question. Does Seattle name a captain this year? Ooh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to I'm going to say no. Uh if I were to pick captains, I mean my guess is that there's going to be four four A's going around. Giordano's going to have one, Larson, Everly, and Tanev is my guess if there's the, the like the main four and then obviously with like injuries and if players are out of the lineup, they'll be floating around, but I, in in my eyes, those are the four the way that goes. Uh, but I, if I, if there was a captain, Giordano is the obvious one. But again, because of his contract, his age, who knows? My my eyes probably know that they, they do not name a captain. You know, and I like that point. Uh, it kind of goes back to you know the way we see in Las Vegas or the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, take their steps. You know, it wasn't until what their third year in the league, where you know, two years after. No, or a year, sorry, after acquiring Mark Stone, they they were able to name him captain. Beauty. So yeah, no, I yeah, such a beauty, yeah, such, a beauty. <laughs> such a beauty. Yeah, one of the best defensive sticks in the game, no doubt. Again, we got to see that. Uh, you know, no no sense bias there at no, all. No, broke nope. my heart a little bit, but yeah, no. He, oh my gosh, it tore me apart. But uh, yeah, just see him go. I mean, he had such a fun relationship with Brady Kachuk that year. He got to, you know, mentor him. Um, 
But yeah, definitely no sense bias there. No. Um, and he's proven that. He's proven that now that, you know, he's been on Vegas and people, you know, don't have that sense hatred for him. That seems to be a thing sometimes when you're a terrible team. In the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to our next question here. All right. So Jaden Schwartz, over under 70 points. What's your oh. take, Josh? I'm going to, again, he, he was my guy from day one. I'm going to go over. I'm not going to say he's going to score like maybe even in the 80s, 90s. I think he's going to be flirting right around that 70. And like I said, someone this year is going to step up. Someone's going to be the one producing points on the on the power play throughout throughout the, the season. And I think he's going to have one of the best opportunities if he can get hot to to really push that target and kind of pull a, a, like a William Carlson type of uh, type season out of his hat so yeah I, i'd put him maybe mid 70s in my eyes you know i i have to agree with that that's kind of why i picked that number of 70 points is because <laughs> i think that's really where he's going to be flirting with right uh right around there um you know looking at that power play too right off the bat they're playing that one three one and it has looked sharp it has yep. looked very sharp so far in preseason, and he's been a big part of that, uh, him and Eberle for sure. Um, so I could definitely see uh, Jaden Schwartz maybe putting up some career numbers, um, definitely with Seattle this year, because he's going to be giving all the minutes to do so, and you know he has that high offense. So I think it's definitely a possibility. So I like where, you, where you've set his, his number at. Good so Good if you hear that, that Jaden... No pressure, buddy. You got this. <laughs> All right. And your final question here uh, in the deep end. How many 20 goal scorers will Seattle have this year? It's an awkward question because, like, 20 is a good number. And I'm going to basically just go over who I think has the opportunity because, like I said, no one no one will know. So I'm going to count this. I'm, I'm going to count them as I, I speak of them. I'm going to say the players who I think have the potential, depending if the season goes their way. Um, I do think Mason Appleton has the opportunity if he can get into that that uh, that top nine role and, and eat up potentially some minutes because I do think he's got a really good shot on him. After that, I mean, like, I mean, again, Donskoy has the opportunity. I think Ryan Donato has got the opportunity to do it. Eberly, Schwartz, McCann, and uh, and. Um, I mean, I don't know about Yanni Gore because he's coming back, but again, he's a goal scorer. He does. I mean, there's so many, but I'm, I'll, I'll say probably like just to, because not every single one of those players will, will pull it off. So I'll probably say like, like six, six players. I think will, will touch that twenty mark. I think that'll be really fair. Yeah, especially from a, an expansion team. Um, there's going to be, you know, a lot of depth goal scoring here, and, and like you said, there's a lot of wingers here that can definitely pull that off. So six is a really good number. I like that. Yeah. All right, now I get to toss you in the deep end. Is this, this is where we get to go? Get to pick you up and drop you in there? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll we'll drop you in the deep end, and, uh, and we'll 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 mention because we talked about uh, Decord, um, and this is just an over under question. Uh, over under Decord plays fifteen games in the regular season this year. Ooh. I think that will all depend on injuries, to be honest. Um, if the two goalies can stay healthy, um, I can't imagine a real scenario where Decord is getting that many games. Um, you know, you have a backup who's making 
who's initially should be the backup in Drieger, who's going to be making three and a half million. You know, they paid him pretty nicely. And I think they expect this tandem to, you know, maybe Grubauer gets 50, 55 games in, but uh, Drieger's expected to take a big load this year as well um, and play a lot of those games. So unless one of them goes down with injury, um, <laughs> which let's hope, you know, isn't the yeah. case. We're not sitting here hoping for that to happen, of course. Uh, it would be hard to see him get 15 games in, I think. You know, I could definitely see him getting a few. Um, you know, it is a tight schedule this year. Um, there might be some opportunity too. Uh, there's some rumors about, you know, carrying that EBA goalie um, and having three goalies that they can carry and travel with. So, you know, whether that happens or not is, you know, remains to be seen. Yeah. But. Without that injury, I don't know if he'll get 15 games in, um, even though part of me definitely wants to see <laughs> him play because, you know, I think the world of, of that goaltender and Joey Decord, and, you know, I, I think he still has potential to be, you know, a really good backup and potentially a starter in the NHL one day. Yeah, and, and I and I agree. I think 15 was a little bit high on my, my number. I just want to see where your head was at, even with that bias in there, but... But my second yeah. question is going to be about Beniers and where do you see him fitting in the lineup next year? And I know that's a big hypothetical question, but just, I guess, off the promise of, of where you see him potentially slotting in. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting topic uh, to discuss, Josh. Um, Matty Beniers, their second overall pick in the draft, um, very highly regarded centerman, very good two-way centerman. He has that elite potential to him. Um, for me, there's a scenario where, you know, depending on how Michigan's season goes this year, he might see some time in the NHL, uh, before, you know, the end of this season. And if that's the case, um, you know, even with Yanni Gord back and everything, uh, you know, maybe this season, if he gets a little bit of time, uh, he'll definitely get third line. I think third line to second line centerman. Um, but to say the start of next season, which he'll definitely be in the lineup, no doubt about it. in in my eyes, I think he's going to be the second line centerman. He's going to be the second line. Yeah. Yeah. I think second that's line fair. centerman is what I see him being um, just because he is such a great player. Uh, really has just amazing hockey IQ. Um, pretty quick, amazing hands. And It'll be really exciting to follow his progression too, uh, with Mich- Michigan and that stacked team, <laughs> uh, because yeah. they're basically you know um, top of their league or bust is kind of what what you know with a team like Michigan this year and all those quality players, um, that's definitely what they're aiming for. And Maddie Beneers is going to be a huge part of that team. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all your points. I think that's that's fair. He's obviously going to have a shot depending on if McCann steps up or not for that top line role, but. But yeah, second's pretty safe. And and my final question for you is is a generic one. We gotta mention it. Do play? Do the Kraken uh, make the playoffs? Yes or no? I'm going with yes. No, Let's do it, go. baby. They are making the playoffs in their very first season. Um, you know, I think it'll be a bit crucial to get off to a really good start. Uh, you know, they they got to play some road games. Um, but there's gonna be a lot of hype with this team. They're gonna be energized. Uh, the fans are going to be wild, even with them being on the road. Um, but I really do see them maybe battling with a team like Vancouver 
for that third and fourth position in the division. You know, Pacific is going to be a weaker division this year. And, you know, I do think they're better than Calgary. I do think, you know, they're better than San Jose. And, you know, those California teams um, aren't looking the best right now. Obviously, you know, they're pretty much going in their rebuilding stages. Um, It'll be interesting to see how LA does. Uh, You know, they did add some nice pieces up front. Uh, They still have some question marks on the back end. Uh, I do like, you know, maybe... Cal Peterson taking over as goalie for them. I think it's his time to take the, those reins from quick. But when you look at, you know, the lineup we have, um, I really do see them getting into the playoffs and, you know, this, this is a game of hockey. And once you get into the playoffs, you know, we've seen what happened with Vegas in their first year and that, you know, the way they blew past some teams in that first season was just incredible. And, you know, all you got to do is get into the playoffs and, and kind of ride that wave and, you know, see what, see what goes on, see what happens from there. But yeah, I would definitely say Seattle Kraken playoff team this year. I love it. I love it. Perfect. And yeah, the California teams. Yeah, I think they're gonna sit in the bottom three in that division. The division will definitely help. But cool, man. Awesome, fun little segment there. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed being a part of it. And thank you so much for being a part of the first uh, ever keeping up with the Krakens episode number one. Um, it was a lot of fun to get to talk about some of these things with you. Um, going forward, too, we're gonna be touching maybe. Uh, taking a deeper dive into the expansion draft and some of the off-season moves they made with the signings and whatnot. Um, and then, of course, we'll be breaking down more games, talking about some news, and maybe throwing in some news about the NHL and some generic stuff that might be happening around the league. Uh, so thank you so much, Josh, for being a part of this episode. And we will chat with everyone later on. Okay, take care, everyone, and see you later.